Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We took a week off with a, we did a hot little 10 minute episode that wasn't <laughs> worth releasing. <laughs> well, I think we both looked at each other about 10 minutes in and we were like, like nah, this was dumb. Well, about 10 minutes in, we were like, we haven't done it. We haven't said anything that anybody wants to talk no, about. No, and I think Moses came out and needed something, and then I think we've I done more interrupting than we've done podcasting. Yeah. So I'm just going to mention though that we're sitting here in a high wind on Rachel's Hill, and if there's a see, do you hear that? Yeah, the car's blowing. That's a little the bit. wind. The mm-hmm. car is sort of shaking here, so nothing makes you notice quite how not in charge we are of the world than things like the wind. <laughs> When you're out in the country, when you're in the town, there were times when we would have like major windstorms. And when that happens, you're always like, wow, windy. I don't know. But you don't actually get any perspective on the wind. But because we're up on a hill with a big view, Mm -hmm. when you feel like the wind is off the leash and just doing its big life, you feel sort of vulnerable in a different way <laughs> sort of like wow we I might know. actually just blow away right well, now i walked out of class a minute ago and i just walked i i opened the door of the school but my hands were full and i'm holding like my coffee mug and a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff well there's always kids like trying to come in the door as i'm trying to go out but i start to open the door and the wind just flings it hard and fast and i i seriously thought i was going to kill somebody because I didn't Ugh. have a grip on it at all, and it just like <laughs> went winging out. out there. Yeah, but you didn't so anyway, kill anyone. I did not kill anyone, and that was a big mercy because I could have taken out an eighth grader. Mm. But yeah, well, I'm glad you did. Anyway, so it's just a little bit blustery. It's blustery. Yeah, yeah, and we got through Easter. We didn't. Did. We that's what we were talking about last time, and we kind of fizzled out. We were like, "So, what are you thinking for Easter?" I don't know. We're what like, are you thinking? Have you for thought Easter? of it yet? Yeah, but we did Easter. We did it. We managed to do that. And we're sorry we didn't come through with any ideas no, for your now Easter's. We're, now we're trickling off into the track on lacrosse season. This is a <laughs> usually the spring as a time of. Great power. Bounty and <laughs> engagements that oh you aren't word. prepared to. I have so many. It's, it is so thick and fast from here till the end of yeah. school. But also, this is the first year, Rachel, that I have a high school graduate and a college graduate in the same year. Oh, I congratulate so, you on that. Yeah. And then next year, I will also have a high school and a college graduate. And then after that, it will just be college. This is something. Yeah. I wonder if... Will you be able to hear the wind or will you just notice that we're Well, if you're concerned that they won't know. Oh, she's going to hold you out there. Okay. There, I think they'll hear that. I think that they might hear that. You just took a trip out the window. Just took you out the window. I don't know. Maybe they won't hear it, but... Yeah. It feels very uh, relevant right now, the wind. It's shaking the whole car. Anyway, so Easter was terrific, and spring is actually here, I think, and sort of, although I hear tell of snow tomorrow, oh, do you? but it's, it really is the short-lived snow kind of time right mm-hmm. now. It is. It's like, 
you know it's pretending at this point. Yeah. When it's you can just overlook it. Yeah. It's just not time. Just pretend yeah. it's not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So what was it that you had that we should talk well, about? Well, okay. So here's what I was thinking about. I remember, and I I don't actually know why I associate this quote with Paloma Picasso. But do you remember back in the old, olden days in the 80s, maybe? I'm, where I'm still waiting she, for the punchline. I no, know. <laughs> like when she had the, it was like magazine ads all the time for... Oh. Paloma Picasso perfume or something like mm. it was all this very, and maybe it wasn't her but I associate it with her for some reason in my mind but there was some ad and it was always I feel like you just saw it everywhere and it was this quote on there from her I feel like it was like her face and then this quote but I might be conflating it but anyway the quote I remember and it is I don't mind being a woman but I, I will never be a lady I think mm. And make sure to take a, a stand like that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is I feel like there are a number of Christian women who have their theology sorted out in things like soteriology or whatever, but who, who act like that in principle. I don't mind being a woman and I'm not a feminist and I attack the feminists, mm-hmm. but I will never be a lady. And I feel like that's something we've got to get. I think we've that, got that to I will never this. be a lady is all in parentheses. What do you mean? Like they're not saying. No, they're that. not saying they're, it. They're just they're, acting it. But I think it. I think that that. I don't mean this. You know those horrible stories about feral children, or like the little boy that actually was raised by wolves or mm-hmm. something. You know mm-hmm. those sorts of kind of terrifying situations. Yeah. Where there is like that that. What's it called? Imprinting. That is what it's called. Imprinting where you, you know, like a duck or something that sees a person for the first time. So they, they, that's my bread alarm. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Rachel's going to go change her bread. We're going to wait and we're going to find out what she's going to tell us about a duck. Oh, and she left. Whoa. Okay. She's back guys. She's getting back back in. For your sakes. All right. For your sakes, I took the bread out a wee bit early. <laughs> Could probably have used like three more minutes, but, but I felt like a double interruption on the podcast for my bread would be too much. Too so, many. Okay, so I you're was talking about imprinting. About yeah, you know, okay. when they like think a person is their mother because okay, sure. they saw them first. Okay. I think that in the absence of strong feminine mothers raising daughters to admire feminine things and to intuitively understand how to go about trying to be a lady. We have a whole lot of Christian women even who have imprinted their idea of femininity from some bizarre mashup of what they, you know, like they've assembled from the culture or from maybe their own family background is not strong there. And then they they overlay things like theology arguments or something. Yes. Gets yes. added into sort of... And it, and it just is... I think it is a shortage of godly examples of women that they yeah, could just look to and true. see and imitate. Like, But see, here's the thing. Like, I don't know. We've probably talked about classical education on here before. But... Um, 
let's just review real quick the story <laughs> here. So when I was going to be going into kindergarten in 1981, um, my, our dad wanted to start a Christian school and he remembered reading that article by Dorothy Sayers years before called the lost tools of learning. And so he and a couple other board members decided they wanted to try her experiment and do a classical Christian school. The problem is there's nothing to look at. It had never been done in mm -hmm. the first place because it's not actually a revival of the medieval style. Right. It's a twist on the medieval style. And even if it had been done historically, there was nobody to look at Mm -hmm. currently and they knew they wanted to teach latin to the kids but nobody knew latin so and also as it turns out the only thing in recent memory anybody knows that was teaching anything like that would be like english boys boarding schools right and it's right. like that's clearly not what we're going for so right. it is very difficult so it was tricky and so like dad went back to college taking night classes in Latin so that somebody would know Latin so that they could well, teach Well, so he it. was like a week ahead of what he was teaching the third graders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it... He didn't do third... Well, maybe... Whenever it started, whenever it yeah. started, he was, right. he was not far but ahead of the he students was he was teaching. teaching an adult class so that then there would be more adults who could teach There would Latin. be adult teachers, yeah. And so this whole thing was incredibly like trying to make something out of nothing. It I was think, like... I think a thing that you have to emphasize there is that if you want something and you think it's worth pursuing, don't think it's just going to happen to you that right. you are capable of that or just happen right. without effort right or without discipline or without pursuing it right you can't just say i admire domesticity and then have that mean that you have the skills of it right and i and i do think that like when you looked around at the culture in like whatever 1980 homeschooling was basically unheard of like you could still go to jail in idaho for homeschooling um, Christian schools were patchy, few and far between, and they weren't doing anything specific other than adding a Bible class on. Like, they right. weren't integrating it into, like, a worldview education. So, it wasn't being done, and they really had to just cowboy it. I mean, like, they really had to make it happen. And when there's nobody around to look at, you have to... Well, in some ways, it means you've got sort of a wide open space in which to try to build something. But it also means you you don't have an easy cookie cutter thing that you can yeah. just do. You no, have it's to, not a simple imitation. You have to pick and choose and, and be conscious about every decision. But what I'm saying here is that that was in 1981. And now there are so many people who are perfecting this, you know, this whole approach who are putting lots of conscious effort in. Now, if you wanted to start a classical school, there are loads of resources. Of there loads, are yeah. loads of places you could look. There are loads of people you could ask. But it wasn't like that originally. And I think, personally, in the same way that America had, like, thrown away education, and then it had to be sort of, like, reinvented, mm -hmm. you know, here in this way, our culture has thrown away femininity, Mm -hmm. And, and it has been this like relentless attack on it for a century and more. Mm -hmm. 
And so I feel like there are women who know that they want to reject feminism and they know that and they don't like the feminists and they don't like the feminist agenda and they're pro-life and they're all the things, but they still don't know what the positive view is of feminism. I would say, and I would say, I'm going to go ahead and say, if that's one imaginary person, I want to think of another imaginary concern on the other end of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. which is someone who is very feminine, who is very, um, who does intuitively know how to make things lovely, Mm -hmm. how to be put together, how to talk like a lady, how to like, Mm -hmm. she's intuitively very good at that, but is compromising on the foundation of any of that. Like is believing, uh, and the reason I bring that up is I think this one caricature of a person that you're talking about is far more likely to be brash and blustery and crass. If she loses control of herself, it would probably be cussing people out or something Mm -hmm. where there's, there's one kind of a person that you're, you know, one genre of a failing. The other side would be someone who, uh, is failing by wanting to be soft and tender and kind Mm -hmm. and loving and thinking that there's no requirements of like, backbone or conviction or that Mm -hmm. we have to actually, we just are going to be lovely and have a lovely time and we're going to take pretty pictures of our lovely time for the Instagram and we're going to put fake smiles on ourselves and we're going to do whatever. So I would say it's neither, neither of those things do you want. No, I just feel like, no, of course you don't want that. But I think I was, I think some people have a negative approach to femininity through that kind of woman. They They have rebelled against Superficial, the Christian fake, shallow, nice, potpourri in the church bathroom kind of uh, mm-hmm. woman who is actually spiritually oppressive to everyone. But I think, yeah, and the thing I feel like I'm thinking of is somebody who feels pretty, pretty good on their theology, on their social, you know, I'm opposed to feminism, I have lots of political opinions. I have all of my commentaries that Mm -hmm. I read and I'm this and that and the other, but I'm also crass and kind of foul mouthed and kind of a slob and kind of, you know, like that sort of a thing where there's no attempt to be a lady. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it doesn't actually do very much good. Like if you think about it on the parallel way, if if it was a man who is all about, masculinity and a recovery of, you you know what I mean? Like, let's Mm -hmm. say he was, he was very pro all of the masculinist stuff, but he's a squashy little noodle of a man who can't ever stand up for anything, you know, like is a total pushover. Well, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it doesn't do any good that you're on paper. You're on all the right side. You have to actually embody it. I think that that actually right there, you just summarized it. What you are on paper is never actually the actual test. Jesus says you will know them not by what statement of faith Mm -hmm. they, what statement of faith they subscribe to. You know them by the the fruit and the fruit is the thing someone actually does with their belief. Like that. And that's how you can recognize whether or not they had a good thing going on. And I feel like if your conversation is dominated by potty humor, by 
complaining about your bratty kids that made a mess in the house Let's just again. Go ahead and just put it out there. If you have horrible entertainment standards. Right. Right. If right. You're, if you're comfortable if you're comfortable watching a show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette mm-hmm. as a fun time, yeah. you're not living out your faith. Right. Just right. that's it's- maybe I just said the thing that's offensive. <laughs> But I'm willing to stand by that statement. I think I'm like <laughs> having never watched or The Bachelor or cons- The Bachelorette. I feel strangely immune from your rebuke, but I also feel like uh, I have no real de- detailed knowledge about people I'm who watch those. My statement. You're all right. I'm okay, fine you with do it. that. You stay I'm there. Fine. I want to just be clear that. This is not opening myself up for a discussion of has there ever been a redemptive moment in any of the Bachelor or Bachelorette <laughs> shows because I don't care. I haven't. I haven't looked. I don't care. The premise is one that I abhor, yeah. and I'm done with it anyway. So I don't feel like I need to research it further. <laughs> But Rachel, didn't you know she's a Christian? She's a sweet I mean, like literally the only thing I've seen of The Bachelor, <laughs> I think it must have been The Bachelorette, was the girl that was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I saw that the clip well, yeah, of her. Yeah, I think we played yeah, it on she here. She got a something. little clip of her being outraged at the guy who thought it was <laughs> not all right that she was sleeping with the contestants to find <laughs> out if she got along with them. Oh, no. <laughs> and she oh. gave him a real zinger about not judging her yeah. she would not be judged mm-hmm. so all i'm saying is yeah. i'm judgier than he ever was <laughs> i just mean that like i think that there really is some godly weight to old-fashioned phrases like talk like a lady and walk like a lady and you know what i mean like mm-hmm. those kinds of things i think they're truly valuable i like I really think that women need to work harder. Christian women who have their head on straight as far as their worldview goes. There's a lot of value to trying to recover a sense of civilization. Because that really... Dignity. <laughs> dignity and like... I'll say it. I'm Now this may... I would like to set a personal best for offensive <laughs> statements. <laughs> Alright. When I said dignity, it made me realize... In spite of through the years, there's always some modesty squabble going on where there's some <laughs> new trend that everyone all of 10 yeah. years ago or whatever would have acknowledged that this is completely heinous. Like, yeah. we yeah. all would have thought that, but then suddenly all the Christian moms are like, you don't understand. It's really important that I just wear tights with a short <laughs> shirt. <laughs> like, if I can't do this. If I can't do this, what, can what I does do? the gospel even mean? <laughs> or or the new the yeah. new look of all the crop top, yeah. the slobby crop top yeah. look on yeah. everyone. All I'm trying to say here is the dignity that Christians actually are not to be that easily moved around by yeah. cultural winds. Yeah. And if you are like that, that recovery of your dignity has to be based not in just our current culture, but in God's word and what God calls women to and not just randomly subscribing to like 
any particular moment in history's right. code of conduct. It's not like because we say uh, manners are objectively a good thing because they're loving, what is it, love and trifles? Mm-hmm. Manners are how we love people. Yeah. Like, we don't chew with our mouth open, not because it hurts us to open <laughs> our mouth when we chew, but because it's unpleasant <laughs> it for others. It hurts everyone else. It's yes. unpleasant for other yes. people who wanted to enjoy their meal to have yeah. you doing that. And it's, it, but sometimes people are like, oh, manners are good. So they leap into like, let's renew the etiquette of the 1700s yes, or yes. the gonna, 1950s. Yeah, we're going to get involved in tea service. We only etiquettes. we only do sock hops now because we <laughs> like the we like. The, <laughs> this is the thing. we like and uh, some time I, or we like Jane Austen because yeah, of manners. But see, I have like a whole section about this in my book where it really becomes this moment of. People pick some era from history that they feel like is the cutest. Uh And then they try to recapture that. And what I'm saying is, we can't. That's just fakey and it's ridiculous and it's impossible and it's dumb. So we need to actually try and build something right now that is Uh authentic, for lack of a better word. But that is also grounded in scriptural principles. Because... Yeah, just getting into, like, now I'm going to just wear elbow gloves all I'm the just, time. I'm just, you know what, I love manners, so that's why I wear lace gloves mm-hmm. and uh, a and tam. A little... <laughs> so funny. I wish you could have seen Becca's surprise. Her face of shock that I said, damn. Oh, I had, it was so good because I was picturing some sort of straw bonnet, you know, and I was, I was going with lace gloves and a straw bonnet and she says, damn, and I had to quickly, whoa, I had to quickly readjust my mental picture. But But yes, I've, I've seen the the girls with the lace gloves and the tams. Or like things that I don't think are necessary, which is stuff like thinking I want to be ladylike, so we're not allowed to wear jeans ever. Yeah. Or I want to be ladylike, so new rules. But actually, I just. Yeah, that's probably unhelpful. I was just say, don't just follow society's whatever society is telling you to do, is almost certainly not a good not a good decision, right? Like yeah. whatever is the hip new thing that has to be no, done. And it is funny when you when you look back, some of the things that that the uh, pretendy girls will try to recapture. If you look back at it, it was a super floozy yeah. time back then. So like the flappers, however wholesome they may look from this distance, <laughs> weren't. We're not. No. <laughs> so, I don't think the flappers even look wholesome from this distance, but they're the cute idea of holding yeah. your cigarette holder and having a headband around your forehead. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. You know. But I I just think that there is you're right. When people try to recapture this, they can often go off the rails into weird. Yeah. And it's more like thinking, how can we, where we are right now, be honoring God by making, you know, like being aware of things, taking small steps towards things that you ought to be changing things that are that. And a lot of the time women are just insecure about trying things. 
Yeah, and I I think sometimes trying to reverse engineer it a little bit is a good idea because we have probably used this very explanation before on the podcast, but I don't know. It's probably been a while. But what what your sort of the details of your life, what it looks like on the outside, if everything is functioning the way it's supposed to, it will match up with the heart of it, which is your worldview and your theology right. and your commitment to scripture and all of that. But if we were to describe someone, so I do this sometimes in class, like, okay, everybody, it's, this is a writing assignment. Like get out a piece of paper and I want you to introduce a character in a story. You're going to describe this character to me and I'm going to tell you what the character's like and then you're going to give me a word picture of them. Yeah. So if you say, okay, so I want you to walk me through her outfit and her hair and what does she, you know, what does she look like as this girl is introduced and I say she, uh, has a totally broken relationship with her dad, hates her dad. She's been through a bunch of, you know, terrible relationships where every guy she's ever been involved with was hideous to her. She's got a, a bad addiction. She's uh, super into heavy, dark music and yeah, occasionally suicidal. Mm-hmm. What does she look like? And they're pretty, you know, like sits down and madly scribbles and they, they all put together this sort of like, okay, here's what she looks like. And now I'm like, okay, so how many of you had her blonde wearing pink and chewing gum? <laughs> it's like nobody, nobody <laughs> did. And, and it's because it's not to say that no blonde girl wearing pink chewing gum doesn't have that story. But we actually know what the packaging looks like on a girl like that. So everybody's like, oh, she's got, you know, like well, dark, instance. like dyed black hair. And she's got tattoos and she's wearing torn fishnets and black converse. And she's, well, you, know, you know, the, like the bowl nose ring, the mm -hmm. hoop nose ring mm -hmm. and the your nose is universally communicative <laughs> yeah. of what I think of myself. Yeah. So people will say things like she's wearing black lipstick. Her, yeah. you know, her fingernails yeah. are all black. She's, you know, she's, or she's wearing a huge oversized, you know, thing in big lumpy <gasps> boots. And she's, I mean, you know, this whatever. This reminds me of our one time in one of our early apartments, we had a downstairs neighbor who was a real struggle, hard times, sad mm -hmm. person. Okay. It was they. It was a couple that was living together, but we were always like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like I try to be friendly, mm -hmm. but no, not at all friendly. <laughs> and um, you know, just was an uphill battle to to try to have cor <laughs> try to have cordial yeah interactions. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I remember just getting the giggles when she was sitting on the front step. So you have to like get around them. You know, you're like, mm -hmm. you know, but she was sitting on the front step smoking with the bold nose ring okay. with the whole heavy despairing look going with a t-shirt that said in big, like jaggedy sword, like letters piss off. 
oh, on it. Oh, great. And it, what made me laugh was that I said, she's a, I was with somebody else. And then after we passed her, I said, yeah, she's sad, a sad muffin. They were like, how do you know that? <laughs> what? You can't yeah. say that? You, what is it, buddy? Um, no. I'm almost in here. Why don't you go build something? Okay. Okay. Yeah, how <laughs> could you ever judge? You can't know. No, here's the thing. You can't it know their heart. True that hypocrisy is a possibility. Somebody could look like a terrible, yeah, angsty mess on the outside, and they might be... Uh, Sweet on the inside, occasionally, if they're like the youth group pastor who's trying to fit in, um, you know, like, or somebody who's just misguided and they're, they're trying to like adopt this uniform. But if I do the same experiment and I say, okay, so this girl is like the super popular one, really bratty and manipulative and mean, but she is also the sort the of queen bee of the, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, now how many of you now have her blonde and chewing gum? You know, like, it's a, di- we all understand that there are Types. certain things by which we can judge what kind of a person we're looking at. And yes, we can't judge the heart, all of that. But we all know the difference. We can even tell the difference between different kinds of genes, what they say about a person. That's a girl who I bet goes to the rodeo versus that's a girl who probably is in the Greek system at the university. You know, like we know the difference and we can pick up on these cultural cues. So what I'm saying is if you have a, a woman who is against feminism, who is wants to be embracing the domestic and the family and a recovery of Christianity and all that stuff, when someone looks at you, is that what they're going to assume they're looking at? Or is it like, she might be a meth head? Or, could be. Could be. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are they assuming about you when they see you? And I feel like that's just another way of being honest. Yeah. Is trying to have the outside match the inside. Is Right. And I want to say it's not something that any one of us are going to arrive at. No, it's something that we're supposed to keep working on through our life and that you keep going through different phases. You know, like I know I had a lot of, there's a lot of reckoning with the, how shall I dress? How shall I then clothe myself when you go from in different phases of life from like the childbearing years was a whole other ball game to what, you know, I was Mm -hmm. in college or whatever but I feel like that's just going to be life life is the is uh-huh. working through it and and trying to apply it and trying to make sure that you are actually communicating what you believe as much as you possibly can in the way that you and dress see, and okay. act and what you prioritize and how you so when we lived in England I asked a friend what should we make sure we do at Christmas because you know, we're only here for a few Christmases. I got to, you know, tell me what needs to be done at Christmas. And she sent us to the pantomime and that was a whole experience in itself. And at first I was like, you're kidding me. Cause I was picturing a mime, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to get out of an imaginary box. And I just like, what's <laughs> happening? 
with that. But anyway, no, a pantomime, which was really a very fun, like, play for kids. And it was just, there, there was lots of fun stuff about it. But then she came over to say, oh dear, I forgot to tell you, my, my conservative evangelical American friends, I forgot to tell, tell you about the dame of the pantomime. And so she explains that there's always the dame who is a man dressed as a woman in, and, and they have some sort of role that is kind of, maybe sort of a narrator position or, you know what I mean? Like kind of, and we were at Sleeping Beauty. And so sure enough, it's like, it's this old guy in a kind of a little Bo Peep outfit, which was real disconcerting. But, but the whole point of it and the joke of it kind of is that he walks like a man, sits like a man, stomps around like a man, talks in his man voice, but he's in a little Bo Peep suit, you know? And it was just sort of like, the, I guess that's kind of the whole point is like, haha, look, that's very jarring and strange. Right. Um, and, oh. Moses is out and about in the wind. But anyway, I, I sometimes feel like that's what we're looking at is it's like, it's a woman, but she's stomping around like a man or swearing like a man or spitting right. like a man. And it just is incongruous. Right. Can you see a new phone? No. That one's not working. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You're coming in. Come on in and get in the back seat. Oh, we have a guest speaker. Can you get in the back seat? Oh, we'll see. Hey, Mo. How's it going? Are you blowing away out? Pretty windy out, huh? Struggle bus. Do you need me to shut it? You can say hi. Hi. Here, just don't turn the volume on. Okay. There we go. Be quiet special guest that's told <laughs> be quiet. So, but you know what I mean? Like the incongruousness of a woman who, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it's this kind of like, it's this thing that doesn't belong. It doesn't match. It's very like what's happening here when you have somebody who is on paper, it's one thing. And in practice, it's another thing. So I just, I think it's, it's the stuff that's like the potty humor, the, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like aggressive rhetoric, potty humor kind of like someone who would actually feel like a cat fight is a fun thing yeah or i'm gonna like, i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna tell them like yeah. that kind of swaggery yeah. swagger yeah like swaggery non-feminine yes and i think it's important to note that that femininity is fierce and it is a fighting force it's not a mm-hmm. it is not actually a like, I think people think it's passive or you're not really doing something at all. And and that always reminds me of the Belphoebe in the Fairy Queen. It's the a female knight, but it's a virtue of chastity. Yeah. And that it's not, that we're not saying don't be fierce or don't be strong. It's be strong like as a, a woman. woman. Yeah, be strong in this way. And in many cases, being gracious, being generous being feminine and being kind takes a great a deal more strength, strength yeah. than whipping off with all your thoughts at yeah. someone or sassing getting, off at people right randomly yeah. patrolling the internet for potential yeah problems you, you might could get involved in yeah. Yeah. yeah i agree because there's um there's the stereotype 
of femininity, which I do think we should reject. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, too um, brittle, too emotional, too weak, too... Like, all those things. And I do think that women ought to be educated like a woman. And they ought to be articulate like a woman. And they ought to engage with culture like a woman. And it's, it seems like with the chucking out of femininity that our culture has done, the only examples we have are the way men do it or the way the feminists do it. Right. And that's kind of it. And what I'm saying is, like, I do think that it's a bit of a wasteland now. And it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up because... Mm-hmm. We've had such a demo job done on womanhood over the mm-hmm. last long time. I was thinking about how interesting that is that, like, all of the... I, I like how I'm about to say this, and I'm like, wow, I am on a controversial hot streak in this episode. Well, no, I was just going to say that, really, historically speaking, right now we have this tragedy of... All women's athletics being just completely, completely destroyed by the trans movement, by Mm -hmm. that. But what everyone probably doesn't want to think about is the fact that the whole Title IX thing was a (laughs) huge attack on women in the first place. So the fact that we even have that as a thing in the first place. So, like, the, the my feeling is that, like... All we're doing is adding insult to injury at this point. I, yeah. Like, it's, no, I feel like this is an awesome and when I say that of Robespierre dying on the guillotine himself, because yeah. it's like at the same time as I say that, I want to be clear that we're not actually opposed to all girls' athletic competitions or anything. I have girls running track right now, yeah. and I yeah. think I would be definitely disappointed if. They had to run up against the boys that couldn't win. Yeah. And the boy... It's just stupid. It's... The whole thing is stupid. But it's also true that we're just getting it back what we started. Women's sports have long been a hotbed of evil. Well, especially... Especially the, the hilarity of demanding that schools... Like, the reality is that it all started with this shrill, demandy, equality... Yeah. Argumentations that if boys get it, we must also get yeah. it, mm-hmm. and it had to be legislated because it's not actually a thing that brings in the money. <laughs> no, right? And the, yeah. So because of that, it's funny to have it come back not even very long later no, with long. this self-destructive yeah, moment. It's sort of a, I am my own grandpa situation. <laughs> So is <laughs> it's like Title Nine? Oh, like, wow! To that which destroyed Title Nine, <laughs> but in an incredibly <laughs> short amount of time. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Well, that and, went and really it kills well. Me. It kills me now to see um, conservatives being like, "But what will ever happen to Title Nine? And I'm yeah. like, "But didn't you care didn't about that a minute ago?" Title like, Nine was always a bad job. And it is job. true. It is true that it's going to be destroyed by people who ought to see the irony but who clearly don't no. but I think Christians maybe should just step aside and let that happen to itself <laughs> <laughs> rather than trying to get involved in that one but the thing is you're right like women's sports well this kind of ties in and you're right this is us getting yeah, into now the, we're just doing we're just, stuff for now no we're reason. just stepping high white and handsome but 
there are there are plenty of sports that I would be completely happy for our girls to play. And there are plenty of sports that I would not be happy for my girls to play. And I don't just mean uh, playing on the boys' team. I just mean we wouldn't let our girls be wrestlers or hmm. boxers. or And I don't care if it's a girl that you're boxing. I just no, that's would just, just... Again, it... It's kind of like this is just... This sort is of ruffling the feathers all the wrong way with what feminism, fe, not feminism, femininity is supposed to look like. Right. You're not supposed to be that. God didn't design us to be that. And so why spend our time trying yeah. to develop that? Yeah. And, and when our girls, uh, they don't play basketball anymore, but when they did play basketball, we do, that is one where we were just always like, compete like a lady. Like, right. If yeah. you are up against one of those girls who's trying to act like a boy... Mm-hmm. You act overtly like a lady. You do mm-hmm. not. You do not no, try to meet because, that. Like, let me be tougher and tougher and yeah. worser and worser, so that I. Because there are certain sports where I feel like it's just quite easy to stay feminine, and there are other sports where it's impossible to stay feminine, and then some where you have to actively lean against the tendency that everybody else is going to be having, which is to swagger and stomp mm-hmm. around like boys on the court or whatever. Yeah. You know, tennis is not too hard to Mommy. still be Mom. feminine. Keep looking like a lady. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I just think, um, but the, but I think that that actually ties in with what I'm saying because it's all part of the same, like, what what should a Christian woman be like in the details like what should she be right. like? Should she be like a powerlifting or MMA? Let's, just, let's say that's a bad. That's an example of one way to go wrong. And another example of a way to go wrong is: should she be malicious and snarky and competitive with other women? No, no, that's just out. No, but see, here's the thing: there are certain failings. I think when it comes to gender and stuff, there are certain failings that yes, it's a failing and it's falling off the edge of godliness but it's falling in the direction that it was meant you know what i mean it's kind of like a guy could be too aggressive you mean, or you too mean competitive, like a boy being really too, girl crazy or a girl yeah, being like, boy crazy and that could be bad but the thing is it's not a perversion of as much as it's a failure it's the yeah. sin of but the perversion of is when you're going against like directly against it so if you right. had a super soft boy who was, you know, into fashion design and interior decoration and, and you know, that, that sort of thing. That's going the wrong direction as opposed to somebody who's falling yeah, yeah. in, you know, like falling into sin in line with their creation, sort of, as opposed to... Right. I think that's what the perversion means. But I think there's a lot of women who don't know what that even looks like. So what you're saying is you're guarding, like don't fall into the other ditch, but well, I actually think that some of that other ditch, like I think as is often the case with mothers and daughters, I think it's true sort of generationally in, in America is that pendulum swing that Mm -hmm. we ricochet away from something that we have reason to know the pitfalls of it. So, so having, 
having had experience with this particular thing, mm-hmm. were rocketing off the other extreme. Yeah. And I do think that some of the, that some of that, what I would say is probably in our grandmother's generation, mm-hmm. was hard-edged, like, competitive, selfish sorts of sure. homemaking yeah. things that yeah. were not actually done unto the Lord or done with any yeah. amount of joy. It was like a weird problem. Right. And they and then we ricocheted out of that with a ton of we yeah. will be career women and then we ricochet out of that with we have to follow our hearts no matter yeah. what the heck comes up. We're gonna just <laughs> enjoy ourselves all yeah. the time. Yeah. And and in that you have little sub rebellions of like we will not try to look like the lady that my mother wanted me to be. Right. Yeah, like exactly. my mother my mother who I, whom I abhor for her you know, yeah. whatever hypocrisy or her what whatever yeah. it is that people have. It's like we often have weird motives. Or I would say another one is not wanting to be, you know, when that just the trope of scare quote that person. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. Right. How easy is it for us to absorb a person we despise at some point in our lives? Like this woman is what I don't want to be like ever. Mm-hmm. And then let that have infinitely too much power over yeah. you forever. <laughs> like, yes, indeed. Oh, because I didn't like the way she made pasta salad that one time. I won't <laughs> wear skirts. I mean, like you, it's easy to do really weird things yes. like that or yes. like if i did that i'd be one of those prairie muffin types yeah. or i'd yeah. be you know if it's i did this easy. people would think i was not at all aware of culture well i think that that is one of those interesting perspective shifts that i had one time where there were some guys who were telling me that i shouldn't ever wear pants cuz it wasn't feminine and I was kind of of the in the mood at that point. That was like, well, I guess I can never wear a dress again because they've told me that I have to, so I may not, and I shall yeah, not. Yeah, I, I have won't. to rebel entirely on this. And point. I remember Dad saying, "That is allowing them to have far too much influence in your wardrobe." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" He's like, because if you decided that you're never going to wear a dress again because of those boys, then you're letting them dominate what you wear every single day. (laughs) And I think that that is really, really true because you have to just not care that those dorks were saying that. Right. Like, so for instance, in that example of your, of rebelling because your mother wanted you to look like a lady, it's like, you're actually letting your mother dominate Dominate every single clothing decision that you make in your life is made to spite her instead of to please her and it's like you know why don't why don't you just honor the lord and stop having this whole thing yeah but even if it was that person even if that person was genuinely obnoxious you're letting that person now rule your life so if they're if they were obnoxious well let it go. I, that's don't. a thing. That was a thing for me. And even in having seven kids, how much people mm-hmm. lump you into yeah. a world that you didn't mean to. you didn't Well, want. yeah. Or like yeah. where you're like, well, I love my children and I believe something else about this, but I do also find myself unsure that I want to be seen yeah. from such a distance as to be. Pro- yeah. Well, when we had the twins, I think. It was like universally the 
the timing was yeah. such that all people would reference was John and Kate plus eight. Oh, like yeah. that was coming up all the time. Yeah, and and it was weird because you wanted to be like, mm. no, not like that. Not, that's <laughs> not what this is like. That's yeah. not what I'm going yeah. for here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was funny because I will say that in America, three is a very standard number of kids to have. Four is a biggish American family. Mm-hmm. Five. Everyone will give it to you that it could have been an accident. It's just mm-hmm. you've tipped over the edge of mm-hmm. normal, but it's not yeah. quite so big. At six, everybody starts being like, you're never stopping. It's like this you're is, a prepper. Your, your plan is to be the Duggars. That's yeah. what you're going for. Yeah. And at seven, I was like, Luke, were they right? Yeah. Are we actually yeah. just going to soar forever? We're going to have to... And, but through all of that, there was all kinds of opportunities to just be like, it actually just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think we are. Yeah. Because if you allow unnamed people that you don't even know at the grocery store. (laughs) having a hard time. There's a bird that's really struggling to make progress. Um, Wow. But if it's sort of like, um, if you allow the people at the grocery store to whom you will never be introduced... And their sort of sidelong glance that they give you. If you allow them to determine the size of your family, that's allowing them to have Just a lot more random impact. random strangers are way too involved than, in your yeah, life you at that point. Yeah, you need to not care about them. <laughs> but I have to go because I have yeah. to be somewhere. But all right. Well, it's been guys, nice, nice to see you all. We squeaked that one out and we don't. Do you have tip? My tip is, I think I already gave all my tips. I think We're I have out. no... Clean out of tips. Okay. Yeah. No tips. Moses, do you have a tip? No. Mo, no tips from you? Nothing? Nothing? Moses, Any good ideas? Just, no, come here, bud. Say, say for us, say, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye.